I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? That's going great. How are you? (laughs) All right. Do you know... I want to share something. Um, so I have that, that intro it's written down. Right. Yeah. Um, so I read it every single week. I think one of the first things that you mentioned, like when we started this, you're like, Oh, you should just pre-record that. So you don't have to read it every single <laughs> week. Right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't followed that guidance after 53 episodes now, but did you know, there's also like a second half of that paragraph that I never read. <laughs> I would imagine that sounds like something I would write that. <laughs> you like so like i get to the point part where it's like oh and kevin's on the blue team traveling in reverse and then i just stop reading and i say how are you but like if i if i continue on it's like uh blue team traveling in reverse from the end of the film starting at two hours and 23 minutes and 21 seconds each week we will closely watch our assigned minute of the film then review analyze and discuss our respective minutes in order to gain a clearer understanding of the plot theme and message of this wonderful made but highly complicated film Oh, see, less is more sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, I agree know. with all the edits you make. <laughs> I agree. It's, I, it's, I don't. It's, it wasn't intentional by any means. Yeah, it's a wonderfully written paragraph <laughs> that I just exclude for reasons. It's like I all don't of a sudden know. on episode fifty-three, you're like, "Hey, there's a second page here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly I it. I never bothered to scroll. <laughs> anyway, uh, episode <clears throat> fifty-three. Um, last week you mentioned we have some, uh, some fun reviews, uh, that are worth talking about. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually a pretty prescient review. It was, uh, February 1st of 2023. I, I just realized I was trying to figure out this guy's name and I, it's just, I can't tell how much of this is a fake review and how much of it isn't starting with the name, uh, from user, Rav V O Lee <laughs> Ravioli Rav Ravi O Lee <laughs> Ravioli. Okay, I mean, I like R A B I O apostrophe L I. All right, could be a real name, could be just a joke. <laughs> All right, I like it so far. He says, A uh, simple movie. <laughs> I disagree. Simple <laughs> movie. Hilarious. Yet- Yet complex podcast. <laughs> Three stars. Uh, and he goes on to say, uh, this movie is a problem. Completely contradicting <laughs> his title. Oh, it's, uh, it's a simple movie. Yeah. <laughs> simple movie. This movie is a problem. It's done very well. However, the podcast is very confusing. Um, I don't disagree I guess, with that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Next paragraph. I guess the movie is as hard to follow and as hopeless as my few other favorite uh, CN movies, Christopher Nolan movies. Haven't seen the movie. (laughs) 
but I'm reading the book on my phone. See, I don't know how much of this is a joke. <laughs> classic. It's a classic book by, uh, by Charles Dickens, actually. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I think he's reading the screenplay. <laughs> the book is long with a lot of direction. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> because it's a script. <laughs> it's about $20, and I recommend both if you can afford it. I'm not sure. What is he recommending? The book, the movie, or the podcast? Um. I can't. Why would you read a script if you haven't seen the movie? Or why would you be listening to this podcast if you haven't seen the movie? I, I can't tell how much of it is a joke, but uh, uh, thank you for leaving a review. That's our only review. Uh, we have another rating, but not a review on Apple Podcast. Is it a good rating? Uh, yeah, we have one four star. It might be me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I like remember that if I did this or not. You didn't even give us five stars? <laughs> Or is five stars not an option? No, five. Yeah, it is out of five. So I guess it's not me. It must be somebody else. Um, somebody <laughs> left us four. This guy left us three. Yeah, we're doing great. I actually like to think that you gave us a four star review. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you let's, know, let's be is, honest. <laughs> like, I know I'm in it, but it, it's it's just okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fair. Like when you're voting honest. for yourself for class president. Oh, this seems cliche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Thank you for the review. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend you go watch the movie before listening to us talk about it. I can't imagine this is interesting at all without having at least seen the movie once. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, appreciate the review nonetheless. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you don't, if you don't actually have anything nice to say, you can just say something silly like that, and obviously we'll read it nonetheless. <laughs> And if you don't have anything nice to say, we'll read that too. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll read bad reviews too. Whatever. Absolutely. You got. Yeah. All right. With that, let's hop into it. Um, red team up first. That is myself. I am at the minute marker 5221 to 5321. We left off last week. We're in Italy. Uh, Ravello, uh, the protagonist, is in his dope ass dinghy bringing Kat to the yacht. Uh, really as an effort to get uh, Seder's attention here. Um, and that's where we pick up. We pick up where we left off. 5221. Sorry. Hold on. My computer's going to make a lot of noise. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off in the in the dinghy. So uh, we have the shot last week of the, the protagonist driving. Cat sitting in the back like a princess. <laughs> with her like, <laughs> arms stretched out across the back. Uh, and then you cut to this uh, like new shot where the the dinghy is like coming around to the back of the yacht, and it's a, just like a really, really well, like good shot, right? Like you got the background, the town in the background, you got the water, you got the the yacht. It looks really, really nice. Um, and then he slowly ap uh, approaches the back deck. Uh, there's four crew members that come out to assist. Cat comes out. The crew, you know, help help her out of the the boat. And then the protagonist looks up, and there's uh, and there's someone looking down on him from the top deck over the railing, mm. uh, but we can't see their face because the sun is directly behind the guy's head. It's Seder. we know it's Seder. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> also just a very cool shot, right? So that's his first like, introduction. It's the first time we see him. It's the first time we see him in the wow. movie. So almost yeah. an hour in, if you think about it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because uh, you get a lot of Seder in the back half of this movie, um, as you've shown us. Yeah, I've been in Seder. 
So yeah. And then uh, the protagonist starts heading back and he passes Volkov in their dinghy on the way back. And he <laughs> gives him this like really funny, aggressive point. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the protagonist kind of like chuckles to himself as they pass. Uh, basically like protagonist is like, I kicked your ass once and now yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, I hate my job. <laughs> yeah. Just like... Yeah. And then that's, that's 30 seconds right there. We just covered wow. 30 seconds. There's not a lot that happens there. Um, so 52, 51. Now cat is in the cabin. Uh, she throws her bag down on the couch. She sits down. She calls for Max. Um, and then the camera pans up and Sater's standing in the, uh, the opposite side doorway. And he just says, who's the American? And Kat says, he's a friend. And Sater says, the man from Shipley's. And Kat responds, who you tried to have beaten up? Uh, and he says, I ask again, who is he? This conversation's really tense because um, this whole mm -hmm. thing almost takes 30 seconds. <laughs> so there's lots of pauses in between each line, right? You can tell Kat's like kind of nervous to have this conversation. Sater is like maybe he's not being aggressive this might just be normal satyr <laughs> i think anybody who shows up on that boat gets this kind of a treatment <laughs> yeah i think so too right like yeah. i don't know it's like uh, oh that's my nail guy he's gonna do my nails or something yeah. you know <laughs> he yeah, gets the exactly. same treatment i would think so too uh, but he says i ask again who is he a much longer pause after that and then she says we met in riyadh last june at the american embassy uh, and then this may be my favorite Seder line now. Good with fists for a diplomat. <laughs> uh, and Kat says, paranoia is your department, Andre. And she mm. says, he seems nice. I invited him to dinner. I invited him to the dinner. Oh. And that's it, actually. That's my whole minute. So we got, yeah. we got the, the boat scene. Really nice views. Then Kat comes into the... Uh, into the boat and we have that initial introduction. There's more dialogue on the back end of this, but um, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. my whole minute. Oh, wow. It's, it's interesting. I always felt like the conceit of this whole, why Seder allows this intrusion is that like sometimes working for tenant, you're introduced to people before you know their significance. So like, imagine like the first time Seder ran into Priya it was also like this kind of weird interaction where it feels like she knows who he is, but he doesn't know who she is kind of Wait, thing. Sater and Priya right? never have any interaction. Not in the movie, but they, you assume, but you, they, assume they, you assume they exchange either information or parts, right? No, no, I don't think so. You think so? Yeah. How what does he get the other that? nine pieces? Why does Priya have them? He gets I don't them. think she has them. I think she knows. Well, they're both searching for them. And they're all a part of Tenet. He's the he's the primary contact receiving the, the other pieces. Yeah. So that that's how he gets them. I guess the question is, like, how did he not get the, get the ninth one? How did that one not fall into his hands? These things are yeah. being sent back from the from the future. Directly to Seder. I don't believe, I think if anything, information has leaked out from his enterprise, which is how Priya even finds out about it. I mean, we don't know though, right? We don't, we don't have the prequel. We still need the prequel to this. 
it would be a sequel. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it would take it would take place in the future and the past. <laughs> yeah, it would take it would explain. Yeah, that's right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I hope he never makes it. Uh, it would only cause more headaches. Uh, I'm just trying to rationalize why he would allow this person into his life, who's obviously a, either a spy or another well, he, inverted person. He's seemingly not. He's seemingly not. He's seemingly going to have him killed until. I mean, we'll see this actually soon after the dinner, mm-hmm. but my assumption is that he's allowing him to the, come to the dinner so that he could go kill him. Yeah. But also actually, he, wants another, his, he wants all the information he can get from him before he kills yeah, him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't that's, know. Like Satyr's, I don't know that he want, needs that much information, but. It's always that Bond villain thing of like, okay, don't kill him yet. Well, like, he also, yeah. <laughs> he does, he does need the 241. Yes. He does need that. And if and if the protagonist has any information on that, then that's that's his ticket to stay alive just a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Which we'll see. Yeah. Okay. I guess we will. Oh, you had very little dialogue. I have no dialogue in my minute. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, you're you're in the thick of it. I know. Okay, I do want to settle something once and for all after some research. Let's go. I, I don't think this is the thing I was supposed to solve <laughs> or promised to solve last time, but whatever that was, I'm sure I'll solve it eventually. But for this um, minute, I'm going to confirm conclusively the two of the cars in the car chase are inverted. The sob that the protagonist is driving after he comes out of the um, turnstile is inverted for sure how do you know think about in the highway chase where we see the sob for the first time we don't know the inverted protagonist is driving it how does it uncrash unless it is completely inverted i yeah this is this is the the juxtaposition that we uncovered last week i don't know right i don't know how that happens but i my count can i i've gone on (laughs) i've gone on reddit I'm pr- pretty confident in this. No, okay. Reddit's <laughs> yeah. not there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Reddit can't be is, your ace in the hole. <laughs> it is the source. Nobody else is doing this kind of work. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me, at you least, and me here and a bunch of nameless people on Reddit. Let me at least present to you the counter argument. Uh huh. May I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, okay, he, when he, when he gets in the car, right? Which he will happen in my to, minute. Yeah. Okay. He has to hit the brake to move forward. Like he has to treat it as if it's an, an inverted object while he's inverted. Right. But if he's inverted and the car is inverted, it, it should just, normally. Yeah. It should just operate normally, which but it, it does. doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does. From it his doesn't. perspective, it does. No, it doesn't because they show you him like he's and like, and, and uh, Ives tells him this, right. No, he says the world around him is not. Well, Wheeler says it, but yeah. Wheeler, okay. But she doesn't say the car. He asks, can I drive a car? And uh, Ives' response is cowboy shit. Yeah. So not a conc- not, not a very conclusive thing. But, doesn't, and, but aren't like the gas and the brake backwards when he gets in? No. They're that not. That moment is actually him searching for the 241. That's in the script. All right, continue. Okay. I will I will hold my my objection until I can confirm with it, further evidence. It, it does screw up some other things. 
like we do have that moment where he's in the Audi, the car that Cat's in, where he's trying to hit the brake and he can't. Yes. Right. Um, because you had to have touched it. If so, that would mean the car is inverted that they're in. But that also means how does Cat able to open the door? She has to undo the child lock with her foot. But if the car's inverted, she would be confused by how all those mechanics operate. It 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 actually opens up more questions too if they're both right. inverted. But it also She's, explains why that yeah. car is traveling backwards, even though it's not there's no there's no person driving it. Right? Why would it continue to be reversing down the highway? I, I definitely hear you there. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It, and the sob is the only thing we see act like the bullet in the beginning that jumps up into your hands where it uncrashes itself. So that's, that's my conclusive that the sob is definitely inverted. And I believe the Audi is meant to be inverted, although it acts uninverted when it needs to. <laughs> okay, so jumping into my minute. I'm at one hour, 31 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, the protagonist just stepped out of the uh, turnstile container, shipping container office. And uh, we see him just staring off at the birds and everything. Um, uh, then we see him unstep in a puddle. That yes. shot where he's going into the puddle that already has the ripples in it. And then it's still when he puts his foot into it. Uh, we then get a shot of a boat going backwards which is not which is something a boat can actually do so it's not that impressive <laughs> <laughs> we hear the honk in reverse we hear the seagulls uh sound in reverse uh the protagonist gets into uh the sob uh the sedan car that he's going to drive and i always thought he was looking for keys in this moment but according to the script he searches the glove box and the back seat. Um, let's say he looks in the wheel well. This is according to the script. Looks in the glove box, looks in the wheel well, looks in the back seat, and then he gives up and starts the engine. It's one of those push button engines, so no keys needed, which I guess explains he wasn't looking for keys. He, so in his mind, he knows the 241 should be in that car. Right. Okay. Um, but then if he finds it, that still means he has to go through with it. Otherwise it just disappears. I don't Otherwise, know. Otherwise, Yeah. It, it would be a grandfather paradox, right? That's what we kind of ran into. So, but he, anyway, he just gives up. Um, we cut to Seder or we cut to the gunfight going on and we see gates, uh, Seder get out of another car backwards. This is where it's also confusing because when we jump to the gunfight, we're in, the camera is no longer inverted. The camera is now showing Seder walking backwards. Whereas when we were with the protagonist, the camera was inverted and it was showing us the inverted world that the protagonist sees, which just had me, which it just adds to my confusion when I'm doing my whiteboard. <laughs> this is the current state of my whiteboard. <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's looking good. It's looking really good. Yeah. The coffee stains really added something to it. It's going to end up in MoMA one day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's an avant-garde piece. Yeah. Uh, Expo marker and uh, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, we then cut to um, the protagonist struggling to drive his car, um, even though it looks like it's going in the right direction. However, it cuts to pedestrians that are conf- that are increasingly less confused by it as it drives by, which is hard to pinpoint what's going on. But to the pedestrian standpoint, that car just reversed past them driving crazy. But to the protagonist standpoint, he's like trying to avoid hitting them, but he's unsure of which way they're moving. Right. Um, and we just, it, it, and we see the pedestrians, we see a little bit of him kind of struggling to keep the car on the road. Um, and I think that's also why it's confusing. If he's struggling, he shouldn't really be struggling too much with it if the car is inverted. But I think what they're trying to say visually is, yeah, it would be easy to drive, but you would have trouble figuring out which way the the rest of the world is moving. Like the other cars are all moving the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And if you swerve to try and avoid them, it causes them to swerve the opposite direction. Or same thing with the pedestrians. Like the pedestrians just jumped out of your way. And if you try and move so you don't hit them, you're going to interrupt that and confuse them more and confuse yourself more, I think is what they're visually trying to say. So the car is not inverted. The world is still operating normal. It's just hard to drive around in that kind of a world. So pro tip, if you are inverted, uh, try to actually drive into the pedestrians. Exactly, because so, they would so, have, yeah. they can't, you can't kill them. It's like the thing. It's like <laughs> wow, shooting they, bullet at, at somebody who's inverted. You, can. you can't hit you can. them. We've, we've solved that. We solved that. You can. You can. Yeah, but if you just drive right into traffic in an inverted car, everybody would naturally jump out of the way. <laughs> right. Because they would have been out of the way when you reverse past them from their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> However, if there's a bunch of people lying on the ground, <laughs> not moving, that's a problem. <laughs> that's already <happened. laughs> that's, right. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Then you're like, uh oh, uh oh. And then you just you what go a, over the you go over them and they come back to life and you're like, oh, right. okay, thank God. Oh wait, wait what a, a second. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> what, a, what, what am I about to do? <laughs> oh, what have I done? <laughs> uh, I get no dialogue. Uh, after he has trouble driving, we cut back to the gun gunfire and we see Seder coming up to the BMW to start searching it. And that was the beginning of my last minute. And wow, again, okay. that is the first thing Seder does when he comes out of his inverted mission is he goes to that gunfight. He technically brings Kat, the protagonist, and Neil to that gunfight, um, releases them so that the rest of the car chase can happen. So after he checks the BMW, he realizes it's not there. And I'm just setting up my next minute. What Sater's plan here is moving backwards through this thing is, okay, it's not in the BMW. Let's get in the car, check the case. I know it's not going to be in the case. And then let's see what happens in the handoff. Because the, the if the 241's not here, it was in the handoff somewhere. Let's see where it goes. So that explains why Seder acts like he doesn't know where it is because he actually doesn't until he inverts himself and observes the handoff. You know, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Seder leads the, you know, the protagonist team to this turnstile. 
Yeah. You know that? Like, cause like, yeah, he, otherwise, he actually takes them from it. Right. Yeah. Right. He, he, so he, he actually in pursuit of the 241 gives up that turnstile. Yeah. He's like, I got to burn this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. In order to do this interrogation and then go back through the car chase. Exactly. Um, it, it, it really fucks with your mind with the cause and effect because when did he make this decision to do this? Because it doesn't happen until after. Right. It's already happened that he actually it's, travels backwards through it. Right. It's more, it's more grandfather paradox, but yeah. Oh, it's, it's difficult. Maybe a, a grandfather with a bootstrap paradox <laughs> in there as well. Yeah, <laughs> sprinkle in some bootstrap paradox just to, yeah, yeah, in my it. research of the sob, I had like part of it was, well, why would they invert the sub? And it's like, okay, well, when they, after they left the car chase and they know they re invert themselves somewhere else, come back. And then they know they have to invert that sob in order for it to have the 241 in it. <laughs> yeah. So they get the 241 from it, then invert the sob and leave it for the protagonist to drive off in. <laughs> like Seder gets a hold of it does he like wonder like is this thing inverted or not inverted <laughs> like how can you what? tell if an object isn't inverted especially like an object that doesn't seemingly do anything like if I give you a I cup, guess you drop it I don't know yeah it would be like the bullet in the beginning mm -hmm. right 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 but the 241 is never inverted but that we know that we know I mean it must have been to come back to the it must have been at some point all the pieces must have been inverted at some point to get into the present. I have to go back to that dialogue. The algorithms they, from the future. Therefore or, it had to have been inverted to have been sent back. Or it wasn't, it went, somebody went into the past and invented it in the past oh. so that it would stay there. I don't know. I'm Ugh. still, I'm still buying my own theory that while you're inverted, you, you de-age. <laughs> so like, that's why people can't really effectively travel through time. Which would be a much better use of this device <laughs> than whatever this guy's doing. Like if you, you, you have a fountain of youth, who cares maybe, about the world? Well, maybe that's how Seder has <laughs> been using it too, right? He just keeps reliving the same miserable existence. <laughs> well, because he's got, you know, cancer. He's going to die if he doesn't. So maybe he's maybe he's been doing this loop for like a decade <laughs> and he's just decided, OK, now it's time because I'm really tired of this. And I've also like maybe cats like his fifth wife and he's like, I've burned be, too many of these bridges over yourself after a while. Right. It'd be like you'd be zing zing and it would be yeah. diminishing returns every time you go around. Right. You'd have less time on either side. That's which is yeah. also setting up a more interesting movie. <laughs> Well, I think we've joked about that, right? Like, yeah. like maybe there's like a hundred Neils, like all bumping into each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. And you can always go back, even though somebody died, you can always go back and talk to him at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Because he exists in some other time. If time is not a constraint. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. I think I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. We're back to we're back to that. The love hate it continues. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm feeling okay with the movie. I think I hated it like a month ago, but I'm I'm back to being okay with it. Mm. All right. Well, 
Thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend.